0: as I see the story of climate breakdown unravel into catastrophe. I'm frightened. I'm shocked. I'm deeply confused at how suffering at this scale has inflicted our home, this world, your temple, on our watch. Father, forgive us. Lord, have mercy. The prophets carry around the sign, where is justice? Jesus. I see the hope of peace and justice in your eyes as you act with conviction, full of love and holy rage and sacrifice. I see the hope of peace and justice in their eyes, ordinary people choosing to act, opposing the system filled with conviction and sacrifice. As I bow the knee to Jesus and choose to take up my cross, the violent symbol of empire turned into non-violent love at the heart of my every action be your nonviolent love. As I speak truth to power, be your nonviolent love. As I lay my body down on the cold hard ground, be your non violent love. In this reality, what will we be? In this uncomfortable truth, what will I do? I will rebel.
1: Civil disobedience is it a is it a Christian? Um, you know, should Christians break the law? Uh, let's begin with a. Wh- what do you mean by break law? We could mean by sitting in in a road. We could mean gluing yourself to a bank door. What about? hitting things with hammers. Should Christians ever do that? Well, let me just give you one example. At the dead of night on the 29th of January 1996, three women, Andrea, Joanna and Lotta, broke through the perimeter fence that surrounds the British Aerospace Factory at Wharton in Lancashire. They slipped Past security guards went into a runway hangar containing a hot jet number ZH-955. They forced open the door and then using household hammers, they smashed £12 million worth of the plane's sophisticated electronics. Um, these are ordinary people. Uh, Angie uh, was part of a Green Party. A couple of them are Christians. One was a physiotherapist and a nurse and another a gardener and a cleaner from different social backgrounds. Um, They waited till the morning when the security guards arrived and they danced with joy and prayed as they were being arrested. Well, surely this is, you know, this does not sound right for Christians to be involved in this. He's a he's sort of the background context was 500 million. There was a five pound, 500 million pound arm trade contract, which the UK had with Indonesia and Indonesia were committing crimes of genocide against the people of East Timor. This is what one of the people arrested said, above all else in life, we are called to be human. I can therefore not stand aside and allow the hawks to be delivered without doing all that is in my power to peacefully resist. I believe that to be silent in this situation is to be complicit with injustice. I pray that what we do today in disarming these planes will be a small ray of hope for our sisters and brothers struggling for peace and justice in East Timor, they went to uh, court and this is, they said we 're pleading not guilty on the basis that we had unlawful, uh, had lawful excuse as we were acting to prevent British aerospace and the British government from aiding and abetting genocide, so basically, they did something which normally would be seen as a crime, but they in this case it 's not because um, it would be like uh, smashing a window. To prevent a uh, fire, uh, you know, someone dying from a fire in inside, sort of a it, it, it's the law lo- the, the law of uh, necessity. Um, and they were, um, well, they were they were uh, they were they were found not guilty. They were acquitted on the grounds that they were acting out of necessity and in a proportionate way to the crimes which were being committed in East Timor. They were highlighting the complicity of British aerospace and the government in crimes against humanity. And they acted prophetically and spoke truth to power. So there's an example of some Christians breaking the law in a very unusual way. And actually, when it went to court, they were acquitted. So, what is civil disobedience? Um, Dr. Simon Kittle, who was at uh, St. George's, uh, a friend of mine through his climate work. And we we both offered some chapters in this book you see on the screen, which is called Time to Act. In fact, uh, St. George's, folks, it was my revelation sermons, which I did a couple of years back, which are actually chapters in this book. It's the easiest chapter I've ever written in a book. They just... Took my sermon notes and uh, tidied them up and put them in. But anyway, um, that's a good book to go to, to look at these things, uh, written by uh, people involved in Christian climate action. So uh, Simon Kittle says that civil disobedience is a considered public, non-violent breach of the law. It could include things like refusing to pay taxes, blocking or occupying buildings or roads, striking from work or school, hitting things with hammers and other forms of non-cooperation uh, with the state. And uh, I've been involved and Stuart here and Sarah as well have been involved in various sort of acts of, of civil uh, disobedience, including uh, sitting on a road and blocking it in Leeds City cent- Centre. So far, uh, non, uh, non-arrestable. Well, there's a biblical mandate. There's a, there's, a, there's a number of biblical examples of people breaking the law and they've been held up as, 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 as examples of faithful people acting a, 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 to obedience to God rather than being sort of disobedient lawbreakers. Let me just go through a few examples here. In Exodus 15, we have the Hebrew uh, midwives. Uh, the king of Egypt commands the... Uh, Hebrew would midwives ship around Pura to kill babies if they are born. But uh, and this is the first recorded case of civil disobedience in the Bible. They refuse to do this. In fact, the text says the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. In Daniel 3, we have uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Everyone's told to bow their knee to the golden statue, but they refuse and they are thrown into the fire. But God delivers them. In Matthew chapter 2, the wise men are told explicitly by Herod to find out where the baby Jesus is born and come back here and tell us where he is. But they ignore this order and they return retor- home via a different uh, root. In uh, Acts chapter 4, we have uh, Peter and John. There's other New Testament examples here of people who are thrown in uh, prison for uh, preaching the uh, gospel. And then we have uh, a few examples of Jesus. In Mark chapter 2, we have the Uh, The first account of, of Jesus' public ministry, his public ministry is getting going. And what does he do? He breaks the law about picking grain on the Sabbath. And he does it in a public way with the Pharisees watching because there's something about the confrontation, which is setting the kingdom agenda. And then most famously of all is Jesus going into the temple. Remember, Jesus arrives at Jerusalem and he weeps. He weeps because he knows what will befall the city. He knows to on a crash course for a uh, uh uh for a, a crash collision with 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 Rome with the war in a d seventeen he weeps when he knows what will befall them and then he goes into the temple and he uh, which is the center of the religious economic uh political life and he overturns tables in a symbolic act and he says you know you have made it a den of Lestai, which is a den of uh, those who mm-hmm. rob with violence, a den of terrorists. You're supposed to be a light to the nations. This is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. And Jesus does this act of civil disobedience, which leads to the cross. More recently, uh, Martin Luther King, obviously not a biblical example. Um, in the 90s, uh, 50s, he brought a seismic, a seismic impact on race uh, relations, He was arrested five times. He actually went in, in I think it was like an eight year period from being one of the most hated men in the US to being a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Realising that actually it was only by, in a sense, people putting him in, creating a national shame where people, ordinary people were getting arrested in the face of police brutality, which shook the conscience of the nation. Other examples from uh, history uh, would include the uh, suffragettes um, uh, India gaining independence through uh, Gandhi and his nonviolent uh, resistance. Imagine what bloodbath would have ensued if it wasn't by peaceful, nonviolent uh, protest that it happened. Um, Another example, uh, more in my own time, is the uh, poll tax. wasn't particularly popular where I was brought up in uh, County Durham. Uh, people used to say that it was uh, the billionaire Duke of Westminster would pay the same tax as his chauffeur. And by the end of 1990, four million people had refused to pay the poll tax. Hundreds had been thrown in jail. And uh, uh, this basically led to the... Uh, poll tax being sort of overthrown Um, the system in the sense of being paralyzed by people not engaging with it okay so there's some examples in history and uh, i'm saying this ethically i don't think christians in all situations should rule out from the off involved in uh, uh, civil disobedience Um, for instance what about in nazi germany would it have been appropriate would it have been right in fact, most of the German church didn't speak out against the Nazis, but some did, including Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we'll hear from in a minute. And my, well, more than a suggestion is that the climate crisis is such an emergency that it warrants this kind of action. So let me just talk you through the uh, logic of of w- why I'm in a position where I'm prepared to be arrested for... Um, civil disobedience for for climate stuff number one accept the truth of the level of the emergency Um, we are facing a catastrophe of apocalyptic proportions I said this in the opening a future of mass migration mass starvation and societal collapse we're talking about millions of people suffering I mean and, and, and starving to death In fact, millions doesn't do it justice, say billions. Uh, This is a justice issue of the highest importance. The United Nations has estimated that we need to reduce carbon emissions by half within a decade to have a 50 percent chance of avoiding global catastrophe. So we need to know that the absolute reality, sometimes when I say this future of mass migration, mass starvation, societal collapse, some people are going to, you know, John's, you know, he's on the kind of apocalyptic bandwagon here. Um, Actually, this is based in the latest and peer reviewed science. And it's because we like to soften the truth to make it more palatable. Secondly, research and recognize the failure of the government and unethical corporations and financial institutions let me be clear here that i'm not saying that all corporations and financial institutions are unethical the unethical ones are the ones who are being unethical if you get what i mean um, over many decades the science has been clear and people have uh, objected through uh, objected through petitions and letter writing And we've actually seen things get worse. More than 50% of all industrial CO2 emissions in the atmosphere have been produced in the last 30 years. So we've we've been doing petitions. People have been going on uh, marches and things have actually got worse. During this time, the last 30 years, our governments, whether they be Labour or Tory, have done very little to address this and they seem complicit in their support for unrestrained capitalism. And the first duty, the dog even agrees with me here, the first duty of a government is to protect and safeguard the lives of its citizens. Arguably, our current political system has failed to do this. Let me speak about corporations. A hundred companies are responsible for 71% of global emissions. Just 100 companies, 71% of global emissions. Uh, last year, there was a leaked report from JP Morgan, which is the largest financer of fossil fuel industries. This is a leaked report from their economist, ec- ec- economists. And they say this, we cannot rule out catastrophic outcomes where human life as we know it is threatened. Carbon emissions in the coming decades will continue to affect the climate for centuries to come in a way that is likely to be irreversible. There are major billion dollar uh, corporations and finance companies who know exactly what they are doing. They are provoking irreversible climate change. In other words, there are corporations and banks which know the science, but keep on doing business as usual. In the future, we will see that governments and corporations which know the science and still pump out emissions will be tried in courts for ecocide and crimes against humanity. But we're not yet in that place. So here's the third thing. Christians should rebel against this injustice, incompetence and profiteering. We need to stand against the powers to bring about systemic change. If the system doesn't change, the world will face mass suffering. So if we're to rebel, what's an effective way to rebel? History has shown that civil disobedience by large parts of the population can bring about systemic change and bring it around quickly enough. This isn't something we can kick into the long grass. Civil disobedience can raise awareness. It can bring disruption to the government or corporation, which if the disruption is long enough and raises awareness and highlights the problem, it can bring about change. J.P. Morgan, interestingly enough, a couple of weeks ago, have said they're going to stop investing in fossil fuels. Um, A large-scale peaceful protest involving arrests can reach a tipping point in which the general public see the sacrifice which ordinary citizens are willing to make to safeguard the well-being of humanity. And civil disobedience allows the issues to be raised in court. That's the argument for necessity. Uh, A few years ago... Uh, seven people went to the headquarters of Shell and uh, threw loads of paint at the windows and put loads of posters up. And they were arrested. And I think they smashed them glass as well. And they ended up in the Crown Court. And although the judge yesterday said the law is clear, they're guilty, the jury made up of ordinary cit- citizens found them to be non, uh, not guilty. Ordinary people are sometimes able to see through and see the issue in a different way that our legal systems and our financial and political systems can't. So let me end with a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a few pictures and then uh, three or four minutes of questions. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer himself, who was killed by the Nazis, who was one of, uh, you know, a handful of voices, of church leaders speaking out against the Nazis, he said this, we are not to simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice. We are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself. And so I've been involved in a number of, protests civil disobedience there's one there that's my daughter trying to wake me up because she thinks i've collapsed or something outside of trinity shopping center and this is called a die in there just a something visual that people can because people do not realize the level of emergency that we are in these another a few other pictures here as well uh, including uh, protests uh, with extinction rebellion down in london and uh, protest against Barclays here in Leeds. So, a bit of a whistle-stop tour. I am just aware of the time and I want to sort of cram a fair bit in. Um, What questions do people have? I can't stop climate breakdown, but I can play my part, a small part, so small that it is insignificant, but I will try. I can't stop climate breakdown, but I can pray and act so small that it seems insignificant, but I will try. I can't stop climate breakdown, but I can love and be loved, so beautiful that my life has a dignity, but I will try. I can't stop climate breakdown, but I can rage against the machine and say not in my name, so small, but I will try. I can't stop climate breakdown, but I can hope and dream and participate in a conspiracy of compassion, a holy rebellion, until that day when all tears are wiped away.